0: welcome to part two of this out of line discussion with Shavonda gardner all right so okay so we've just you know talked all about like Almost like your past life, not not actually past life, but your previous uh, career. And now now you're like a designer extraordinaire with like tons of followers and people are like obsessed with the way that you do interiors. And I just want to know, can you tell me like your your history of social media? like when did you join and what was that kind of process like? and how have you grown your following to where you are now? Oh gosh! Well,
1: thank you, thank you. Uh, I will say this, okay, y'all. For for all the new people out there who don't know me, I am still like small fries when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to like you know followers and like numbers and all that. Um, so I actually got my start in social media like through blogging, like old school blog, like before blogging was blogging, before it was like a thing, before people kind of really knew what blogging was, and it took off. Um, so I started blogging like before Pinterest, before Instagram. Um, I I think there was Facebook, maybe Twitter. Um, so I, I've been doing it for a while and, oh my God, the entire landscape of what it means to be an online presence has completely changed and completely shifted Uh, And so I really just started blogging because I didn't see, number one, anyone in the design space that looked like me, Mm. that had the same shared perspective. Um, I didn't see very many like super colorful spaces whenever I was doing it. And also it was a way for me to just kind of like keep my hands in the design world. Um, But in like a very different way than going off and like starting a firm and having employees. And like, I never wanted that. I knew that that was never something that I wanted to do. So, uh, this was a way for me to kind of like have my own voice and pay my own way with, uh, in the, in the, I guess, quote unquote design world. Um, and so, like I said, I started blogging just about my passion for design and just like different ideas and things that I wasn't really seeing. Um, and so, and I still do that to this day. Like I like to talk about and, and showcase like design and, and details and uh, things that are super unique to me and that I feel like aren't necessarily on everyone's radar. Um, and as far as like how I've grown my presence, I'd say for sure Instagram is Bay. Like that is my number one <laughs> enchilada. Like I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And I, the reason why is because it just really works with my personality. I am not, a like techie person at all. And I'm incredibly extroverted. Um, I have a passion for people and I have a passion for interacting with people. And that has been my, that has been what it's been about for me literally from day one. I've always been about the connection. So I just kind of made that my goal. And that's always what it's been about for me. And I think that's, what's helped me grow. I mean, and I, I definitely feel like I'm a slow grow, like I'm a slow and steady, slow and steady. I wasn't like, I'm not that person that kind of like went viral and like totally gained like hundreds of thousands of like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of followers, like overnight. Like I didn't join Instagram in December. Mm. And then by like March, I've got like 80,000 followers. That, that has not been my story. Um, Mine has been a very slow, intentional cultivation of a very specific community is what I would like to say, how I describe it. Um, And I love it.
0: I love it. That's so, that's so inspiring. And I love that you're saying slow and steady because um, I think that there is this sort of perception that. You know, if if I didn't if I didn't get discovered overnight in the first like six months of me trying something, then it's never going to happen for me or right. I should just give up mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, And so I love that you're just like, no, like, know you know who you're going for and and stay the course. That's incredible. Yes. So what, um, what are things that you have done and tried and maybe something that you tried that didn't work in terms of finding your people, like finding your audience, finding the people that are going to connect with what you're creating and who you are and engage with you. How do you find those people?
1: So I would definitely say the number one thing that did not work for me that I was like, yeah, this is not going to work for me. So that kind of when a few years ago when Instagram was just kind of starting to be what it is now um, I was in a Facebook group with some people, um, some other you know bloggers design bloggers and there was a lot of talk about kind of what your Instagram presence and what your Instagram feed should look like um, and there was kind of like two very different sizes coins. like so some of us, Some, some of us felt like it needs to be very beautiful, super curated, very like pretty pictures and like, that's it. Um, and then there were others of us who were like, well, I'm not super comfortable with that. Like, I want it to feel real and like it's more than just about like a pretty picture, you know, I want it to feel like people can relate to it. Um. And so there, I remember I have always been on the hand and I even spoken very passionately about it with some of the people in the group. And I just said, I don't care. I don't care about having a pretty feed. I want people to feel like they can relate to me. And I want it to be, you know, I want, I'm always, I want to connect to people. Like I'm I'm not trying to sell this idea of like perfection. Um, And so I remember for about a week, I tried to focus just on like capturing perfect images where everything is like perfectly in place. And I swear to you, it felt like I was missing a limb. I was like, yeah, this is no, this is not going to (laughs) work. Like I, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I knew that that was it. Like it took me a week of trying to just make it about the pretty, Mm. um, and I just was like, there's got to be a way for you to have a super intentional and pretty feed, but it be real. And like people be able to look at it and be like, wow, like that's so cool. You know, but it also feels attainable and not like doesn't make somebody feel crappy about their own life. Right. And um, that's, that is, that has been the number one focus for me. And I think that that has been my superpower in terms of what has attracted people to me and how i am how I've been able to gain and grow my followings. Like I'm just a super real person. And like the person you see on Instagram is the exact person that you are gonna see if you roll up on me on the street randomly.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. I think yeah. it's like the the highest compliment when I meet someone and they're like, wow, you're exactly like you are online. As as, you know, I'm like that it makes that like literally makes my heart just grow a little half size. Like I'm just like, oh, good. Mine, too. Uh, Oh, Because I just um, yeah, I just the last thing I want is to create some, you know, idealized whatever version of myself. So I have been known to post stories of like me, like, you know, with mustache removal cream on and <laughs> all of the, yeah. all of the like very what the hell is she doing and I'm just like this is me take it or leave it you know unfollow I don't right. care <laughs> exactly so what about you and and because you have um you're a mom, right? Am I, uh-huh. am I I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I think I'm, I think this, I'm picking up on this. Um. So yeah. you're a mom. So tell me about the, um being a mom and social media and how those two things interact. What do you talk to, um, you know, what do you tell, what do you tell your children about social media and also how do you either portray or not portray them online in any sort of intentional way?
1: Right. So I'm actually pretty lucky. Like, my kids are older. So my daughter will be 16 in September and my son will be 11 in September. So my kids are incredibly tapped into social media. Like, But as far as I don't portray her, like, I don't share her as much on social media because she is a 16-year-old girl and I give her a lot of privacy. Hmm. Um, I only will have her on if she wants to be on. Um, I ask her if she wants to be on and like I share with her like so there are certain things that I do share because I'm all about like like I said shared experiences and just kind of like showing people if I'm going through something like that maybe other people are going through so one of the things that people have seen of her recently a lot is um, she's going through like getting allergy shots we like made the decision to do that Mm -hmm. so we've shared that process and I've had her on to talk about like her experience and all of that for other people who are maybe considering it for their kids just you know For, like, an educational thing, but in terms of having her be like on social media in a very real, like, tangible, constant way, like, I don't have her on my page, and she really doesn't want it. Like, she's 16, she's like, Mom, I don't want to be like on your social media, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, um, (laughs) so that's cool. Um, people definitely see more of my son, um, my 11 year old, and again, there are certain things that I don't share because. Um, of dislike for his privacy but my son has such a wonderful personality and we have such a great that I share a lot of him
0: um yeah Hmm. I love it I love it and do they do you feel like you um have anything that you've that you've intentionally talk to, um, them about like, this is what social media is. This is what it isn't. This is how to use it. This is how not to use it. Um, do you feel like you have even noticed anything with them in terms of what they notice with their own peer group about mental health and social media? Like, is that yeah. something that you've noticed, um, come up in discussion with them?
1: Yeah. So we regulate our kids' electronics use pretty heavily especially my son um we limit like his exposure to it and what he can do even down to like watching tv and like playing video games are pretty like we're those parents so um <laughs> we talked to him about you know the safety and all of that I think it's more relevant with our daughter because like I said she's a 16 year old girl and like everything is like tumblr and instagram like for her so just making sure that we keep her here on earth and like check into the real world. I think it helps for her it helps her because I am a content creator on social media. So she, she can she sees the behind the scenes of how that content gets created. So she while she opens up, you know, she may open up Instagram and see like all of these women with like perfect eyebrows and like beautifully like you know curated you know, bedrooms behind them and, like, they're sucking in and they have on certain clothes or whatever. Like, for her, I think it's been incredibly beneficial um, to have me as a mom because she sees the opposite side of that. She sees how that image has come to be. She knows that, like, I've had to take the shot 52 times and I've had to, like, maybe adjust (laughs) the pillow a thousand times. Uh And she knows that, like, you know, it's all about, like, the lighting and like so she gets that like the end product of what she's seeing is not necessarily they didn't wake up like that Mm -hmm. basically Um, and you know what I mean and so she gets that and so I think that has really really helped her to not feel that anxiety or that envy or that draw to like oh my god I want to be just like her because she's like girl you did not wake up like that like i know it took you 52 times to take that picture and like yeah. so she gets it you know yep it's aspirational to her and she uh, understands the content she has an appreciation of the content but as far as her like wanting to like emulate that she doesn't because she knows the real thing like she knows how it came to be
0: mm. yeah i love it yeah uh, it's mm-hmm. a it's it's one of those things that um I mean, I don't have I don't even have kids yet. And I don't even know if I ever will. But um, it's one of those things that I constantly think about. Like, if I were a parent, what would I be? What would I be even saying about this? This is like a crazy world that I'm still trying to figure out what it what it is, what it does, how it impacts my mental health. I'm still trying to figure that out. So like, how would I know how to you know, guide, guide, a guide, a dependent. Um, I have no idea. So, right. So
1: like, and with my daughter, like, don't get it twisted. Like we inspect her freaking phone usage. I, we do phone checks. Like, give me your phone. Let me check your DMS right quick. (laughs) Let me make sure that you are acting appropriately and that you don't have some craziness happening, you know, in your messages. Like there are no passwords. There are no, there's none of that. Like, we have full access and we do random checks, and it keeps her in mind because there's no way. Like, no, I'm not about to have no 36 year old man all up in my 15 year old daughter's DMs talking about what you're doing. Like, I will kill you. So, <laughs> no.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm into it. Um, so, I have a uh, partner for my podcast, and it is Cat Footwear. And the reason that, um I was stoked about getting to work with them is because, they are all about trust and they are all about collaboration. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're just also all about like taking risks and just like trying stuff. And so when I was like, I'm going to do this podcast and I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to be cool. I don't know if it's going to be lame. I don't know if anyone will listen. They were like, great, we trust you. Um, And I think that that is the most ideal thing that any creative could ever wish for. Um, so I want to know, yeah, it's just like the best. So I Mm want to know when it comes to you and your creative work, um, who is either someone or a brand or like, who is someone that you're just like, they get it with, they get it with trust. They get it with putting themselves out there. They get it just in general. And who's someone that you would just like love to collaborate with someday. Someone that you're like, if I could just put myself out there and do it, this brand or this person would be my person.
1: Um. Oh boy, that is a dang it, girl! You got to give me a bit. Uh.
0: <laughs> sorry, I just, I just made that as we were talking. I was like, oh, I want to know. So sorry, I just, I just wrote that on the spot. That's
1: actually pretty really good. Um. Okay, brand as far as trust. Absolutely undoubtedly for me has been IKEA. Um and it has been such it was such an awakening. Um when they reached out to me about becoming an ambassador for them. First of all, I thought that they like I stumbled upon the wrong person. I was like, Are you sure you're trying to reach me? Like <laughs> like this is Ikea, like, you know, like
0: like blue and yellow Ikea. Yeah.
1: yeah right? Yeah, like um,
0: stores that take over <laughs> so, entire cities. So, yeah,
1: they, Yeah. So like they reached out to me and this was, Oh God, this was when I had like, Oh my God, I wasn't, you know, like I said, I'm a slow grower. So, but to be on their radar and for them to know and understand and like, just really give me the creative freedom to like create what I want, talk about what I want. Um, and for them to know that and love that and just want me to come as I am was huge mm. they will I've always loved Ikea like before that's why I was so surprised I'm like because I've always been a fan of Ikea um but now that I've been able to partner with them in this way I love them even more because they really walk the talk mm. you know how there are some brands that like talk it but they don't walk it Yep. um Ikea is they walk they walk it um and I love that they are um, stewards when it comes to brand diversity. They are huge, huge, huge about partnering with really diverse people.
0: I'm so here for um, the Solange collab.
1: Oh my God. Like different points of view lifestyles. Like they are a brand that will always and forever be they for me because they just, they let me come as I am and do what I do and, they love that and they celebrate that. Mm. Another huge one for me, um, I would say two, one has definitely been Grace, Bonnie over at design spot. Grace is phenomenal. Um, and I love the work that she's doing. I love the work that she's doing in, in terms of, um, like just make the awareness of like race issues and sexuality. And, um, I just love it mm. and so yeah when grace reached out to me actually recently and asked me if i would like to write for design sponge again another one of those moments where i was like what the mm. <laughs> like are you serious yeah um and she just was like i love your perspective i love what you're talking about i love what you're doing how would you like to write a column about like you know the way different ways that people celebrate their diversity and their culture in their homes and i was like are you serious grace and she's like yeah like we would love for you to do it I love it. Yeah. So like she did it. And then even before I think I was ready for it, she totally like put it out there on like social media and Instagram and announced it on the site. And so it's been really great to just have like these household names, like whenever you think about design content and like these hubs, you know, like things like Domino and all of that, that have really, it just has, it's been really awesome to have them, allow them to trust me Mm. like you were saying trust me to like do what I do and be who I am and it's just been phenomenal really it has Mm. Um, as far as who I would really love to work with there's right now there's two um from like a from like a brand presence I would say probably domino I, I have had the opportunity to work with them. Like I won a, do, a Domino design blog award. It was their very first design blog awards. I didn't even know I was up. I didn't even know anything about it. I got an email that said I was nominated and I was like, what? So that's awesome. Mm. But like, as someone who loves design domino is probably like my favorite, um, publication, like dating back to, oh my God, old school domino. Um, so it would be an absolute dream um, to work with them in, in a way, um, whether that be in, like being in the magazine or just like, I don't know. I just love Domino and I love what they're doing now to kind of like come around. Cause there was a time in there in the middle where I was like, what are you doing? Like there, I feel like there was a time in there when Domino was like lost a little bit and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but mm. like, I don't like this, yeah. <laughs> you know? But they're turning around, um, and I love the direction that they're heading in, and I would love to work with them. And then as far as, like, an individual, oh my God, there's so many individuals. But I-, I would definitely say, like, as you know, I mentioned, like, Justina blake I would love to be able to work with her. She is, like, everything. Um, she's everything. So,
0: yeah. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so she's I could, amazing.
1: I could partner with her in some kind of way um, or work with her in some kind of way, that would be just a dream.
0: Hmm. So many good ones. I love, I love that. I mean, um, I have known Grace, um, and her, her work for years with design sponge and, um, yeah, I've been I've been lucky enough to get to shoot cuz I'm my real job is a photographer. And so I got to shoot <laughs> I know. Um so I got to shoot um a bunch for her book, um In the Company of Women, which is incredible.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that book is so good. It's so good.
0: So I got to shoot a bunch of the um Southern Californian Women in the book. Um, And then I also got to do a little bit of shooting for actual Design Sponge. Sometimes um, she reaches out to me. So I got to shoot like Candace Kane, who is an incredible. Uh, incredible, uh, actress and, um, I got to shoot her home in Glendale and then, Mm. um, yeah, so I've gotten to shoot for, for Grace a bunch and I'm always just like so excited when she reaches out because, um, the people that she, you know, works so hard to include are always amazing, but they're not like the first, they're not like the first, you know, person that everyone just constantly features exactly. over and over again. They're always like, she, and
1: that's why I love her. Mm. A huge, huge, huge part of why I do what I do. And it seems really simple and small and like, Oh, you're just a design blogger. But a big part of why I do that is for me is because representation matters. And I started because my people were not res- represented. I saw no brown bodies, hardly, in the design space when i started mm. of those brown bodies none of them were lgbtq yep um and also just my style was different my style is very like moody, global eclectic um and it, it was like in a world of like and i'm not saying anything against it but in this world of like you know the, the modern farmhouse and the like white walls, mm-hmm. and like all of you know, that look that's like ultra popular and like super pretty and super pinnable mm-hmm. and very like, you know, played out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say that, but like that very like, that very like editorial. Yeah, I should say. Yeah, that very like editorial look was in. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, like, where the fuck are the people who got color on their walls? Like everybody in America is not living with white walls. Mm -hmm. So I need to know. (laughs) Yeah. Like where are they? Where are the people who want a home? That's a little bit fuller and maybe is not into minimalism. Yep. Where are the people who, you know, want to like have, that are more like maximalist or whatever. And that's why I was immediately drawn to Justina when I first discovered her probably seven years ago. It's because she spoke directly to the aesthetic and the look and kind of like the world that I was missing so much. Um, And so that was my why. That was really my big why of why I show up every day on my Instagram stories and, why I put myself out there even when it's not the most popular and even when most people probably don't like it because there is somebody sitting at home right now thinking to themselves, where are my people at?
0: Mm.
1: And so the thing that I love about Grace is that she makes it a point specifically to feature and give those people who are underrepresented, she gives them the spotlight. And that is so important. Um, and I just love her so much for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so with you. It's so inspiring. And even just the way that she also um, makes a point to also educate other people and empower yes. them on how to do yes. that. I think, um, yes. you know, she was years ago, cause I've, I've been following her for years, but she started talking about it a little bit in just like tweets here and there where she would say, you know, whenever I get invited to speak, I always ask, is this an inclusive space? Who else has been invited? And if it's just like a panel of white chicks, I'm like, no. And I that for me was like she was the first person I saw do that. And I started doing that because of her. And it's been amazing to just have that be be a practice in my own life where when I get invited, whether it's like to some influencer thing or to speak at something, I mean, that happened that happened to me. earlier I think it was last fall I got invited to um speak on a panel and I and I said like thank you so much I'm so honored that you asked me I'd love to know who else has been um invited to do this um and I and and then when they let me know and it was 100% straight white mostly blonde chicks I was like this looks like such a great panel I'm so honored that you included me do you think that my My spot would be better used by someone else who might be able to provide a different a different perspective. Perspective. Yeah. And they and they were like super open to it. But they were literally like, we don't know any like you said, like we don't know anyone that isn't like a blonde white designer. And so I actually got to be like, oh, well, here here's a list of like five, 10, whatever, really great other people that you should consider and they ended up bringing on both a man and a woman and neither of them were blonde white chicks and I was like yes win like this is so it's so important but like if it hadn't been for Grace just sort of even starting that awareness to even ask Mm -hmm. and that's been going on now for a couple of years but she was the one who even put that in my consciousness of like oh it's up to me like I have to be the one that's aware of making sure Um, that other people get a voice
1: piggyback on that first I remember the very first time well I've been a follower of grace forever but I remember when grace had been invited to speak in New York at one of the Better Homes and Gardens, um, it's their Style Maker event, and Grace was there, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I, I really, really, really wish that I could have gone to this, or that I had been invited to attend this event, because like I love Grace, I love her voice, I love what she does, but it just kind of was like." a huge eye-opening experience to me because I'm like it made it aware of like why she does what she does. And she's just she's just amazing. Um and then also on the other coin to that, because I am like you said all about representation and the other people that are in the design world, it's like I get that a lot of brands and people are like, oh well, I don't know anyone. So I kind of went off on this total like Instagram rant about representation and about the lack of diversity seen. Um, and it really came because when I won my Domino Design Blog Award, one of the questions that they asked for each of us to share is something that we want to see happen, something that we, we'd love to see happen in 2018 or, or whatever, as far as like design or you know something that you'd love. And my answer was, Um, more representation of diversity within the design space both as far as um, like actual like physically the people that are represented and then also styles that are represented and it kind of like made waves um, because it was something that was like put out there for everyone to see and then I kind of went on this whole like Instagram rant about it and about how You know, like how I feel like a lot of times in the world of design, um, non-white culture is exploited a little bit. Um, Like, you know, a really beautiful popular thing that we see now is like mud cloth and like juju hats and like all these beautiful like African, Moroccan, um, like Turkish goods and wares. And it's like, are you educating people on why these things are relevant, mm. why these things are important. Do you talk about the cultural aspects of them? Do you, are you speaking about the hands that created these things, the people that made them? Or is it just one of those things that's like super popular and really pretty for Pinterest and will get you like a thousand likes. So here, put this mud cloth pillow on your couch mm. and take care of it. Um, and I think that that's something that I feel like is frustrating Not even going to lie, like as a person of color in the design world, that is something that's really frustrating because not everyone does it, but I think that there's definitely that disconnect, um, and you know, where people feel like there's a sense of appropriation, um, you know, like where people feel like there's a sense of that. And I've talked about this in, in detail a lot in my Instagram um, stories, but you know, I kind of went off and, and, Domino caught a hold of it and wrote an article about it and then asked me, you know, if I could share some designers of color that I think that people need to know about. And yeah, I gave them like, there's a whole list. People can go on Domino and take a look. If you want to work with designers of color, female designers, LGBTQ designers, people that come from a different walk of life, um, you know, that maybe have a different vision, you can absolutely go on there and the list is provided. Um, and so I think that's just so important. It's like important to, when you open the door, like leave the door open for the next person to be able to come in, mm. like don't open the door and then walk into the room and then close the door. So nobody else can get mm-hmm. in.
0: Yes. Um, snapping. So snapping, you know? Yeah, I love that. I love it. It's so important, and I think that um, <clears throat> I think that it's important to support people who are doing that, and it's important to be aware of that and to um, grow in awareness of that. And then I love that you mentioned Domino because their last cover had two of my faves on it: Cleo, Wade, and yes. Elaine, which I love both of them. They're heroes. Oh I my love God. them so. Oh, I love
1: them both. <laughs> that really, when I saw. I was like, that is the freaking domino that I loved years ago. That's my domino. My domino is that.
0: Yes. For sure. Yes. So important. It's so Mm -hmm. important. So really supporting, supporting the brands that are actually putting the effort in and then gently calling out the people who aren't, um, things are changing and it's amazing. Like I just saw the latest um airy campaign for which is a different realm but with like you know all of their like bras and undies and things um Their latest campaign. They they do a really,
1: really good job at like representing lots of different body types. They're super into body positivity.
0: Yeah. And their latest campaign had um, had a girl in it that has Down syndrome, a girl in it that has type one diabetes, like so much representation. Mm -hmm. And it's so it makes my heart so happy because I'm sorry, like not to say that, you know, size zero blind girls aren't stunning. They're amazing. But that's not that's not representation for about 99% of humanity and it Humor, just doesn't right. it just doesn't serve us to only see this idealized right. human existence over and over again right. so i'm excited right. to be a part of this moment in history and too. i know that there's a lot of like awkward conversations that have to happen and you know kind of sometimes the, when the awareness has to happen it's it's a little awkward for a minute to just be like Oh wow! I have to, I have to, you know, gently call someone out because they don't get it. Um, right. But it's so important, and it's also it is shifting, and it's exciting. So you know, it might take another I, little minute, I agree. but it's a good time to be alive. I think
1: it really is, and I get that not everybody wants to be like a, a warrior or a voice or like you know, par for the cause. Mm. I get that, but if that is your choice, then. I would really love it if you could like step aside so that those of us who aren't afraid can do our
0: work. Mm. Yes. 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 Girl. I love it. It's <laughs> just saying, oh, just saying. <laughs> I mean, you're just laying down the truth. Get it. Um, so, so the last two questions, um, I'm super excited to hear about because especially with what we talked about in part one of your, your episode, um, I can't wait to hear this. So, uh, so self-care routine, what do you do when it's just like you time, you want to make sure that you're in a good space, your mental health, your body, what do you do for you?
1: Girl. (laughs) Okay. One of the things, (laughs) so I am an earth sign. I'm like, so, anytime that I feel like I need, self-care I immediately head outside or get my hands into the earth
0: mm. whether that
1: be gardening or like I'll just walk through the nursery um I'll go on a hike I will um I love to be I love to fish I love to camp um all of those things like the earth really provides a such a powerful um Like source of reconnection, that's how I, that's one way that I kind of recharge and have self-care. Another way that I have self-care is I go to my closest girlfriends. Like, my friends are, like, the easy way to also kind of, like, brain dump and get it all out there and reconnect to. Because, like, I love my people whatever you're feeling from them, you just feel so much better and it's like good for your heart, good for your soul, good for your mental health, that kind of
0: thing. Hmm. Hmm. I love Mm it. So good. So good. Um, last question, uh, what, and I know since you, we've already talked about how, you know, you being around people who are different to you when you were in the air force, um, just taught you about how, how, you know, it's so easy to just focus on, what you don't have in common, um, and and that's like such an excuse and a cop out. Um, so, what is one thing that you have in common with with everyone, no matter no matter their their political stance, their age, their race, their gender, their like? What is just one thing that you'd be like? We can start here, and we can have a conversation.
1: At the end of the day. If I get cut with a knife, I'm going to bleed just like you are. And one day I'm going to die just like you are. Mm. Point blank period. Yep. That's a good one.
0: Forget what I look
1: like. Forget what I am like, forget, forget all of that. If I freaking, you know, slice my hand open while I'm cutting an orange, I'm going to bleed.
0: Yeah. And there's no way around it. There's no way around it. No way around it. I love it. Yep. I love it. Um, well, thank you so much for for sharing your time and your story. Um, I've loved this chat. It's been so good. You've been listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee. Tweet me at Team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using out of line podcast, And let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on Out of Line next. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season.